Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Imagine like every dog in the neighborhood. Just... <laughs> <It's recording. laughs> and welcome to the O Show podcast. That was a good cold open, Declan. Thank it's you. an exciting time of the year for coronavirus, and people are going to be looking to get in on the action. And without a doubt, we have the best place for you to go. My bookie, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, Declan, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, which is nothing because nothing's happening, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up. To $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand right now, you'll get an extra grand in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV, that's capital BLV, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. Let's all bark like dogs. Well, damn, Jack. That was, that was impressive. Like, that was like a, uh, a commercial, and at the end, it's like. James McGill, a lawyer you can trust. <laughs> that was impressive. You sounded like Eminem there for a second. You were like wow. an auctioneer mixed with Eminem. I don't know whether to be excited that you guys are complimenting me or to be bummed that you've never heard my ad read before, kind of like insinuating <laughs> that you've never listened to my podcast before. I skipped the intro. Do you? You skipped the first 30 seconds? I don't listen to every single podcast. I'm not a psycho like mom and dad. But they, they don't listen to every show. I don't think they uh, listen. Holy shit. Yeah, they do. If, if I knew sports, I would listen to every episode. But I listen to the ones that mention, like, movies or something I know about. Uh-huh. Your show is the reason I'm caught up with wrestling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So this is the first ever Deke Simmons podcast. Woo. This is the first ever Deke Simmons podcast. Why is it called the Deke Simmons podcast? Have well, we never because... done one of the three of us? We have, but we've never called it. No, okay. we haven't. That is a lie. We have never done a podcast no, we have. together. Wow, no, this is the first one. This is episode 178, and this is the first time the three of us have actually sat down by a bonfire. We're live in our front yard Ooh. with Pop the bonfire. Paradise. Paradise. Yep, day 12 with the bonfire every night until this pandemic is over. Mm-hmm. I might disappear every, like, few minutes or so because I have to keep getting wood for this, but... uh yeah. We need more pine. You got you got pine? We got It pine. burns quick, but it's like a freaking forest fire. We got, we got fire. plenty of stuff that burns quick. Right? Don't worry about that. We need the slow burning. So why is this the Deke Simmons podcast? Explain. Well, Explain who Deke Simmons is. Well, Deke Simmons is I don't even know who Deke my Simmons uh, is. alter ego. Deke Simmons is a character in the fantastic uh, Hulu show, 112263. Oh, it is Deke in that show? I thought it was like, yeah. Zeke or no, something. No, it's not Zeke. It's Deke. It. Nope. Oh. Nope. Um... So recently, my nickname has become Deke Simmons. I hope to start a band one day called Deke Simmons Band. So I guess this is our first ever Deke Simmons show. I've been on the show before, but never have I been on the show and declared myself Deke Simmons. But I thought we were going to be the Deke Simmons Band. Like the three of the us. The three of us. Well, that's the three out. musketeers. <laughs> that's the studio band. That can't be the live band. Neither of you can play any instruments. Yet. Hey, I have a built-in instrument. <laughs> what is that, your voice? Yeah, what the hell is that thing in the basement? The thing you got for Christmas? The didgeridoo? The didgeridoo. The didgeridoo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The didgeridoo is impossible. This episode of the Deke Simmons podcast is brought to you by the didgeridoo. How do you do? Hey. That's what it sounds like. If anything has the coronavirus all over it, it's, it's the <laughs> Everybody a, has blown into that I had a, I had a party thing. recently. I used it more than you did. Oh, did everybody use it? I had a party recently no. after you had a, Christmas. You had a party, so it was... Right at, it was the 27th, December 27th, O'Hara and Friends, which is his other band. It's ironic. Both of your bands is 
named after you. You gave, <laughs> I'm not you gave even, your friends no credit. And the same thing, I didn't come up with, well, I came up with Deke Simmons Band. I did come up but with that's, that. But that's like a joke. That's, that's like different. A, well, no, that's... Well, it's if, not a joke. But no, like, no, trust me, you'll see a record. O'Hara and Friends is like a legit O'Hara, band. No, it's not. It's like my high school buddies that we have fun with. But I didn't come up with the band name O'Hara and Friends. Just like Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews <laughs> didn't come up with Dave Matthews Band. They did a, They did a, their first... Uh, festival without without a band name so the guy was just like uh please welcome Eve Matthews band but uh I was like, wow that sounds pretty sick <laughs> yeah I had a I had a party after one of my shows and literally everybody touched the didgeridoo everybody everybody there were like over a hundred people at our house that's too. not true that's not because not Declan true. got on the mic after a show and said party at my place <laughs> <laughs> he did? yeah I, I did I did and mom that. was like what <laughs> We already had like ten people staying in our house with cousins and aunts and oh, uncles. Yeah, and but it was all right. And dogs. And I drove like everybody had the flu. By the way, no one nice had the job. flu. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Who had the flu? Didn't everybody have the flu over Christmas? That's why we couldn't have anybody over, Wasn't and then everybody scary? ended up coming anyways. I thought. That... Am I the oh. only one that remembers that correctly? Oh, yeah, Stay yeah. off the weed, Damn, ladies right. and gentlemen. I'm not on the weed. I'm not on the weed right now. Right now. Right now. I would have been if Sean didn't get caught. Shout out to Sean. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Let's end it right there. I don't think I don't think mom wants us talking about weed on the show. Yeah, we won't talk about weed on the show. So you had over like a hundred people then. I remember I remember the show. It was at uh, Lamplighter in Chester. Yep. Our good friend Mikey's grandfather, the owner. Yep. The Brady Bunch. Shout out to the Brady. <laughs> the Brady. The Brady Bunch. Shout out. Um what's his name? Joanne and uh what's his name? You don't know his grandfather's name, Gary. Gary. Gary Brady. Gary and Joanne. Big Patriots fans, by the way. Well, their last name is Brady. There might be Bucks might fans. Be. I, I don't understand how that's any correlation. I mean, there's, there's no is. there's no Brady on the Patriots. Well, there's not now, but there was, and that's literally why they're the No, but you played at the you played at the Lamplighter again, yeah. O'Hara and Friends. Crazy set list, by the way. Crazy set list. I don't even know what was on the set list. Sorry, you don't need... Uh, party in the USA. Party in the USA was on the set list? <laughs> well, it wasn't... All right, it party, wasn't on the set list. party in the USA was Oh, you played that. But Brandon played was like, that. let me impress the chicks, and he started playing party <laughs> in the USA. Megan started singing, I hopped behind the kit, and that's what we did. But it wasn't on the set list, but it ended up on the set list, you know what I'm saying? No, but I remember you got on the mic at the end, and you're like, party at my place, and everybody was like, yeah! <laughs> yeah! And mom and dad are like, No! no. And it was literally like midnight. Everybody was packing back, you know. Like everybody was People having a good time. People were here until at least three o'clock in the yeah, morning. Yeah, and then I drove home. Oh, we know. Home. We know. Wow, I had a great time. I hope oh, you guys did too. We know you had a great time. Oh, we oh, I know. Had a great time. Except having to drive people home. And you did that on your own. You didn't have to. Do I did that. that because I saw fire in Dad's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I did see fire. This. If it wasn't for you driving everyone home, like half of the kids that were here would have slept in the basement. Because kids kept asking, hey, can I crash here? And I was like, hey, why not? Why not? You yeah, can and crash then here. I had to come downstairs ah, and be like, you all right. be a party pooper, but right. you got to get the fuck out. Yeah, this is my, all right, this is my first break. I got to go get some wood. All right, Declan's going to go get some uh, firewood, to clarify. That is the wood he is what speaking of. Uh, <laughs> Guy jokes, Megan. Guy jokes. Yeah, I got it. I, I don't I like having it. these jokes with my it. sister. Megan, you want to tell an embarrassing story? It's kind of a ritual on this show. Um, Don't trip over the wires. No, this... The toaster? What's with the toaster thing? Uh, I come up with random things, and I think toaster falls in line with a bunch of, like, an insult name. Kind of like muttonhead. Stupid idiot. Muttonhead? Muttonhead, uh, cretin, barbarian. 
What buffoon. Neanderthal. Ne- ooh, Neanderthal, Nimrod, moron, Nimrod. idiot, toaster. So, Megan, we've actually yeah, played this yeah. game before. The last I time I actually had you on about, yeah, was uh, talking about uh, In Between Two Ferns, which is a riveting show on Netflix, by the way. Zach Galifianakis. So but what is, uh, what is a weird thing that has happened to you lately? Oh, speak of the devil. Hi, oh, my mom. God. Mom is approaching We're the bonfire. I just said how last time I was on the show, we talked about you. Yeah, it's beautiful. This is riveting audio right now. Uh-huh. Mom, go inside. Hey. <laughs> she didn't hear anything. My mom says this is going to be yeah, a really good memory good for memory. us. We are going to look back on this and just cherish these moments. Thanks, Mom. We're going to have a bonfire like every night. It's awesome. Yep. Oh, we can watch another episode when I come in. That's always fun. So. (laughs) Like, embarrassing or interesting or, I mean, I don't know. I've been inside for the past two weeks. Okay. Prior to two weeks ago. Anything happened over the last five months that I need to know about? (laughs) Honestly, no. (laughs) You nothing at the University of New Hampshire? I hang out. New Hampshire? New Hampshire, yes. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's going to take me a minute to think of something. Seems different. like every time I step outside, it's just something ironic that I have to go in and be like, Matt, you'll never guess what happened to me today. Really? But with you, it's like, ah, oh, just a normal day, huh? Oh, right, because the East Coast is so much God's just really hard on me. The West Coast. It really is. Okay, West Coast is whatever. the best coast. I bet that's what all the Any West stories like saying. growing up, like anything that you could tell me? You want me to go first? Sure. I don't think I've ever told this story. I was, I was uh, fifth, sixth, sixth. Going into sixth grade, 2010, I was 10, not 11 years old. That made no sense. Uh, Tewksbury, New Jersey, Long Valley, travel baseball tournament. I don't know if you guys were there. May have been there, may have not been there. I was in like an 0 for 160 streak at the plate. Nice. Looking to get my oh, average up. Gosh, Declan. Declan's uh, 0 for 1 and snapping the firewood <laughs> over his leg. And uh, I struck out again. Big game. Ten-year-old? I know. Let me tell the story, All Megan. Right, I won't guess. Sorry. And uh, I struck out looking for like the 5,000th time in a row because I was a very bad baseball player. Oh, no, you weren't. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Carry on. And uh, I just had enough, so I flipped off the umpire. Yep. And then all the, mom, all the moms in the stands were just like, what? What did he just do? Like, they've never seen anybody was flip the bird the before. It, it was like the middle? I don't anyone's ever seen a 10-year-old flip off the ump before. Do you remember you, <laughs> do you remember the first time we actually, like, learned the middle finger? I remember meeting? the first we, time we all, I learned the middle we finger. We all walked into your room. You came into no, my no, room. No, no, no. No, I remember specifically. Jack came into my room, and he said, Megan, this is bad. Don't do this. He showed me his middle finger, and then... I was like, what? It's just your finger. Whatever, whatever. Mom comes into the room. I'm like, Mom, is this bad? And I flipped Just flipping her off. four like, birds at her. Don't do that. And I was like, Jack told me You were all bad. coming at her like the Nazi zombies in Call of Duty. Is this bad? Like six birds all at once, and Mom's like losing her mind. Like, what did I do wrong as a mother? No, but I flipped everybody off, and all the moms collectively. There were like ten moms sitting there on the bleachers. Oh, my God, Declan. Declan is now one for two. One for one and hitting Megan in the face with the firewood. Good job. The most hectic podcast. Yes, ever. it is. It is well, off the rails in the first ten do you minutes. Edit these. Oh yeah. That's probably. <laughs> and uh, I'm an expert editor. Trust me. You put it over there. But I uh, uh, all the moms. There's like ten moms. 
right. sitting on the bleachers, and they all collectively, I, I remember it so distinctively, all just going, hey! Watch your signals. Like David Spade in Grown Ups, just, hey! <laughs> and uh, then I flipped off the moms. <gasps> you did? I didn't know that. I was in an well, 0 fine. for 160 slump, all right? All right, all right. Anyone would do that in that situation. I got in trouble for flipping people off, too. In preschool, this was right after... Uh, Dad had bought us the Green Day's Bullet and a Bible DVD. Greatest album of all time. Greatest album, greatest live album of all time. And Wow, you're saying after all these Dave Matthews live albums that you've been showing me, that's the best one? Yeah, well, that's because, that's because Bullet and the Bible has a, has a special place in my heart. But we were, at, we were at nap time in preschool, and this was right after I had binge-watched this entire concert. And this girl's lying next to me trying to take her nap, her 20-minute nap, or however long nap time was. And I just go, hey, you want to see something cool? And she's like, okay. So I flip her off. Immediately starts crying. Just tears. She's like, eh, eh, eh. She's just, she's, I guess she had already learned like about the middle baby? finger. The starts crying. I'm going to use heck? some profanity here because this is what makes a story. I get in trouble immediately because I get caught in the act by my teacher. And she goes, hey, do you know what that even means? And I was like, well, yes, of course I do. And at the time, I only knew two curse words, which happened to be the F word and the A word. So I was like, well, it means fucking asshole. And uh, I don't remember what happened to me. but I remember when you called dad an effing asshole. That was a Remember bad when that day. happened the first time? That was yeah, the first seven. time. You were literally like seven years old, and you were cursing up but, a storm. Like I said, it was the only two curse words I knew. Only at the time. Words. At the time, yeah, because of, uh, because of Green Day. Which and then he turned eight. the one that bought us the DVD. And then he turned eight. You and our neighbor, Sean Jenkins, just going at it, going ham with the curse words. Eh, well, you know. Me and Megan were the good kids. I wasn't a bad kid. No, I, no none of us I, were bad. I think I'm I, the best. <laughs> Whose who's picture is hanging over the, uh, the TV in the family room? Me. Oh, is it? I don't even know. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't even know. What does that um, even mean? I'm that in mom and dad's anything. bathroom. Interesting. Just a picture of me, Mom. In the, dump- in the dumpster. In the Get out of here. You're all, we're all, all over the house, honestly. You're all over. The you're over the. You're over the shitter. Declan is. Uh, I'm over. Oh, he's spotty. No, I'm not over the shitter. I'm over the sink. There's a picture of me over every single cross that's in the house because they just. Because you're for an me. angel. I think there's more pictures of Declan with one of us than there is of just him in the house. So, Declan, Megan's still thinking about an embarrassing story. Do you have an embarrassing story to tell? Of Megan? Oh yeah. Of you. Oh my God. Oh okay. Of even Megan? better. What? I, I wish I wish all these uh, listeners right now. I wish you guys could have seen Megan play sports. <laughs> <laughs> I drove me, Dad, me, me, Megan, and Dad drove all the way to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, <laughs> the Steel City, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that was a fun tour. To watch it was Megan fun for me. I don't know if it was fun for no, you actually, playing volleyball. I played a little. Okay, Women's so I played. I've played every sport. You know how, like, growing up, you play every rec sport? Like, that's me. I've played every rec sport. Um, only high school sport I played was volleyball, freshman and sophomore year. And then the assistant coach of my club volleyball team told me if I tried out junior year, I probably wouldn't make it. So I probably shouldn't try out. And I just said, like, all right, have a great day. Walked away. He works at the school. So he came up to me in the hallway, and he was like, oh, just so you know, like, my daughter's getting really good at volleyball, so if you try out next year, you're probably not going to make Wait, it. Wait, who said that? Wait, so the moral of this story, so the moral of this story isn't that your coach is a jerk, it's that you actually took his advice? 
I, and didn't no, try I had, out? I had planned like months before that I wasn't going to play Megan, anyway. Megan, Megan, because basically, I literally played left bench. That was my position, left bench, Wolfpack. Hell yeah, let's ha. go. Um, ha. No, my la- thank you. My last game, my last volleyball game of my career. <laughs> um, last last game of the season. I hadn't gotten in yet, right? You play for volleyball, you play till 25. You play till 25 points and the game's over. We were at, I believe we were at 24 points. I thought you meant like you play until you're 25 years old and then it ends. No, no, no. Just <laughs> shut up. It's a long commitment. You play, you play till, till 25. I believe we were at 24. Every single girl had gotten in and I hadn't yet. It was our last game, so they were playing everyone. And my coach, like, I don't know, forgot about me. I was the only girl that didn't get into the game. And she looks at the, the scoreboard. We have 24 points. And then she looks back and she's like, oh, shit. Megan hasn't gotten uh-huh. yet. She puts me in for the last point. Girl on my team serves, gets an ace, which means she served and then they missed it on the other side. So we won. And I just turned to the bleachers, looked at my dad, gave him a thumbs up, and walked off the court. I was like, yeah, my career's over. <laughs> I did not get in till the I played 5 seconds of that game. Well, when I was a junior, I spent the whole season. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, not that I was Pittsburgh like, was fun though. I didn't deserve it if I if I was sitting the bench, you know what I mean? But like, Pit- you know, Pittsburgh I, was, was fun. Pittsburgh was fun. The club team was pretty fun. Pittsburgh P- fun. Pittsburgh's an underrated city. Pittsburgh Like was Pittsburgh really gets a lot of but, crap. See, where we were at Pittsburgh you were in the heart of Pittsburgh, like yeah, right, right go, by, right by. You step yeah. out of that line, and it's terrifying. Well, I don't want to sound like a like. Like you know, you're like an yeah, expert like, on know. Pittsburgh. But, but I remember, but like, like, uh, Dad. That is the crackling of the bonfire. Me, like, yeah, that was nice. I just remember Dad and like the the families, whatever, telling us like, oh, we're in the really nice part of Pittsburgh. But like, we would drive out and. It, it just was a completely different scene. Well, when I was, because uh, that story reminded me of my junior year in high school playing basketball at Morris Catholic High School. Yeah, Morris Catholic! Don't Google us. Um, yeah, there's Catholic, man. Uh, Lots of weird shit. I didn't get to play, again, not very athletic, but I still played sports. Junior year, played basketball, junior varsity. Uh, they only let me play during trash time. Like in the fourth quarter, the final 90 seconds or so, if you were up by like 25 or if you were down by 25, that was my slot. Like that was my bread and butter right there. Yeah, I didn't even get that. So and uh, oh, the entire team would shower me with like warm-up waters. You know, they, you have the little water cups and like the Gatorade. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd gather around, see what play we're going to have. They're like, all right, Jack's going to score here in the final 90 seconds, guys. All right, we're going to make it happen. And I'd have like eight waters that I have to chug beforehand. <laughs> Like, I'd be throwing up on the court by the time I got out there. But there was this one specific game I'll never forget against Booton High School. We were on the road. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Never forget. I'll never forget. Never forget it. But it was at Booton High School. Props to you if you get that reference. Yeah. Oh, hello, the podcast. Available now on all streaming platforms. This podcast is sponsored by Tate's Cookies. I'm a little cookie boy. Um... But it was against Booton High School. 90 seconds. They let me in the game. I'm wearing my retro uh, KD3s. They were those disgustingly orange and light blue. Is that right? That is right, Megan. Good job. Great sports reference. Sports! The only thing I've never understood about those shoes, I don't even understand how they're basketball shoes. They're clown shoes. They're high tops. 
They weren't high tops. No, they were ankle shoes, but they they were like royal blue with like the swoosh, like the Nike swoosh, bright orange. They were like like the Mets should oh, be I wearing those shoes. They were the ugliest they were like, shoes of all time. They were like the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> like the Orioles. But uh, those shoes wouldn't last very long because the second I got into the game, they passed me the ball. I immediately passed it right back, like like in a in a semi-pro, Will Ferrell going back and forth with his teammate. Like I wanted no part of it, and then I immediately Who cut to the middle. You traded me for a fucking washing machine. That's right, Woody Harrelson. But I immediately cut to the middle, and my shoes fell off, both of them. Both. Uh, I, I guess I didn't, and we have it on video Would you not too. Not tie them. We have this on video, too. Dad was taking video because I never played. He was like, oh, all right, we got to take video. <laughs> I shot no, a three-pointer at the buzzer in my never, final game, by the way. I have never once seen a video of me playing volleyball. Just throwing that out there. Um, so, back to my story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, both of my shoes fall off, and, like, everybody in the crowd is like, ha, ha, Jack's shoes fell off, you stupid idiot. And both of my shoes are off, and as they're passing the ball around the court... Like, Georgetown, I think, mastered that, but, like, they were going back and forth, back and forth, like, waiting, like, stalling, basically, for me to get my shoes back on. They didn't, st- they didn't stop the game? The ref didn't blow the whistle? No, my teammates were stalling because the whole point of the place was for me to score, but my shoes were off, so I had to go get my shoes, had to make sure they were tied they properly. Didn't, like, give you and then, finally, with, like, five seconds left on the shot clock, they pass me the ball, and I go in for the layup and get completely stuffed <laughs> by, like, this 6'3", 200-pound beast of a human being on boot in high school everybody's like and everybody just starts cracking i'm like all right that's the end of it. that's the end of it and at that point nobody no it was a clean block there was no foul <laughs> it was so it was clean it would have been on sports center if it was on a broadcast and uh uh yeah clean as a whistle um and then I thought that was the end of it. I'm hugging my buddy Will Finley, who now plays at Fordham, uh, Fordham College, was it the University of Fordham in the Bronx, playing baseball. Got to see him at GCU last month. University of Fordham, the Rams. I got that. No, I got. Yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. I'm wrong. That one's on me. Shout out to We were hugging. We were hugging. I was having a good time. And at this point, both my shoes fell off, and uh, I, I get stuffed. Nobody's covering me at this point. They're like, they're like, there's no, there's not even a point. They they just <laughs> they, they just don't, don't they didn't they just fell their ankle shoes they weren't basketball shoes were they tied they were tied just they very were loosely okay. they I, they I definitely slipped them on like they were Sperry's that's yeah, why but here's the thing here's I wasn't the expecting yet so they much playing on, time at the they end were of the game. on the entire time you were on the bench and you stepped on the court and they were like fuck you Jay. <laughs> <laughs> they're like basically shoes with wings on them they actually just flew off your feet they didn't make you run faster they just flew off uh feet. yeah but at that point both my shoes fell off I got stuffed by a six foot three, uh, just jabroni of a human being. Behemoth? He was a behemoth, dude. Nemeth the behemoth. <laughs> and uh, at that point, nobody's guarding me. So, like, literally, it's it's four on five at this point. They, they're, they're like, all right, take a seat, buddy. You don't need to guard him. Like, he's just going to screw himself over. And that's exactly what I did because about three seconds later, they inbound it right to me. I go in for the layup, in the paint, wide open shot, completely bricked it at the buzzer. So my final 90 seconds uh, of high school basketball, I I lost both my shoes, I got stuffed, and then I missed a wide-open layup. So we are not very good at sports. Also, are very athletic. We are not very good at sports. I'm not terrible at sports. I can hold my own. Declan's still in high school. That's true. You're still playing uh, baseball, right? 
Well, not this year. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I'm not playing this year, I'm not playing baseball. That's the thing, you know. You don't want to join like a club team in Nashville or something. Well, how am I going to join a club team for what school? I'm going to a music school. <laughs> Make your own sandlot. <laughs> that would be fucking insane. Benny the Jet. That would be me. That would be me. I'd be the Benny the Jet of the team. Probably Benny. not. Benny, he can't be on the Benny team. Man. I wouldn't be Benny the Jet. I wouldn't be Smalls. I think I. I think I'd be like. Uh, You'd be like Squints. I was just gonna oh, say yeah. that. I was just gonna say Squinter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or like the little brother that repeats everything oh, that his older brother yeah, says. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That's not yeah, yeah. Shut up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah is like mouth from the Goonies. Yeah, absolutely. You were in the Goonies. I produce Entourage. Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> Gotta love Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg and his animals. <laughs> Declan, you want to talk? Today is April 5th, right? April 5th, 2020. April 5th. All my grades for last marking period are doing two days, and I haven't done jack shit. Correct. But it is also the 18-year as well as the 14-year. No, that that is completely false. Hold on. No, no, no. we got to get those years right. It is it's the anniversary fun. of the deaths of both Kurt Cobain from Nirvana and Lane Staley from Alice in Chains. Not from the same year, obviously. Kurt Cobain passed away on April 7th. I believe they were eight years April apart. Or April, was it April 5th or April 7th? April 5th. Are you sure? I am positive. Okay, April 5th, 1994, and April 5th, 2003 were the dates. Um, Kurt Cobain didn't kill himself. All right, don't start that <laughs> shit. Conspiracy <laughs> theories. I like conspiracy oh, theories. conspiracy theories are so interesting, and I do not believe that Kurt Cobain killed himself. I think Courtney Love is behind the whole thing. If you've ever listened to a Nirvana song, I'm pretty sure. I mean, sure. yeah, that's, I mean. April 5th, 1994. In, they both died in Seattle, which is very interesting. I know, like, the entire grunge era, like, the Cobains, the Eddie Vedders, the Cornells, like, they were all in Seattle at that time, but, like, that's very just... Ironic that both of them well, died in the, the same uh, city. The underground grungy Seattle bands—they're all just. God damn it! Some great music. Oh, great music. Uh, but Kurt Cobain obviously went nuts. You could say. Yeah, that's kind of like a very controversial story. He just couldn't handle the fame. Yeah. What a musician he was! It wasn't like he was the most like musically gifted. Like he could rip any solo you ever wanted him to rip, but he was so. So friggin' creative with and all the songs. Talented. Lyrically talented too. People give Nirvana a lot of slack for the lyrics not making any sense, but to Kurt Cobain they made sense, and that's all that matters. Any Nirvana fan could interpret the lyrics for anything they wanted to, and you know that's why they were such that's a major the success. Of music. Oh yeah, you, it makes you feel whatever you want. Do you think he's glorified though as like one of the greatest grunge stars of all time? Just yeah, he's he died early. The, Kurt Cobain, if there's a uh, Mount Rushmore of grunge, Kurt Cobain's on it. Yeah, but, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, is is he glorified because he died? Is he glorified because he died? Yeah. Like, if he was still alive today, would he still be considered one of the greatest? Yeah, absolutely. And this is why. Because before he even died, Nirvana was the thing. Just like Nirvana was the thing after he died, Nirvana was the thing when he died. If there's a Mount Rushmore of grunge... In 1994, not now, but if it was, this was 1994, the Mount Rushmore would, would have to be four be people, and I don't know who the fourth person would be, but it would be Chris Cornell, Eddie Vedder, Kurt Cobain, and Chester. quite possible Chester Bennington. You don't need Chester Bennington. Field, play some Chester <laughs> Bennington, Megan. 
Not Mom even, never gets it. That was right. like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard you say. Hybrid Theory, the first Linkin Park album, didn't even come out until 1999, uh, which is way after grunge. But I guess you could even My say apologies. it was Lane Staley, maybe Shannon Moon, maybe, um, yeah, I don't even know. Who would be the fourth member of the grunge? So Kurt, Eddie, Chris, and who? Oh, 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 I know. Hold on, give me a second. Give me a second, give me a second. Of grunge. The Mount Rushmore of grunge. It's a good conversation. No. Scott Weiland's not grunge. They, uh, they're they in the 90s. No, they, they came out, so they came out, Core came out in 1993. The thing is, they weren't a Seattle band, and grunge is like a Seattle-specific mm. kind of uh, thing. Dave? So when uh, Dave Grohl. grunge? Grohl. Oh, no, 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 no. Dave was in Nirvana. I know, but he could still be on the Mount Rushmore. No, why would he be on the Mount Rushmore? Because he's a legend? But for grunge? He was in Nirvana. He was in Nirvana. Who else was in Nirvana? Kurt Cobain. Exactly. He's so? Megan, you're so They're different stupid. people. Yeah, so They're I... They're different I, people. I would probably put Cobain, Vetter, Cornell, and Lane Staley from Alice in Chains. See, here's my thing. I wouldn't exactly put Lane, St- Lane Staley. Here's another one. Here's another no, one. No, no, no. Hear me Here, out. Hear okay, me out okay. first. Hear me out first. I'll wait. You know who wrote most of the Alice in Chains stuff? Jerry Cantrell, their guitarist. Who's still he there. Is, he's the only and remaining he's still member. there. Yep. So is Vetter. Cornell, unfortunately, is not. Um, Cobain, unfortunately, is not. But if I honestly had to pick the four guys, it would be Cornell, Vetter, Cobain, and uh, Jerry Cantrell. As the what about guys. Mark Arm? Mark Arm? Yeah. I'm not familiar with Mark Arm. Neither am I. Let's look him up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Only if Dad was out here. He'd probably tell a million stories about Mark Arm. Dad has never once mentioned the name Mark Arm to me. Mud Honey, which was a very popular band. Yeah, I Mud think, Honey was a great band. Yeah. I'm so, I can't believe I didn't know the name Arm from Mud Honey, but uh, Mud Honey was a great band. I don't know. I'm still going to say Gary, uh, Jerry Cantrell for the sole reason that he wrote a lot of Alice in Chains stuff, and Alice in Chains took off just like Nirvana did, Soundgarden, Nirvana. I'm still going to go Staley just for like the sake of, the sake of that. Alice in Chains is one of the greatest grunge bands from that area era in Seattle. Yeah, absolutely. But th- what I'm saying about Jerry Cantrell is he wrote most of Alice in Chains' stuff. Jerry Fair. Can- yeah. Lane Staley just sang. He did heroin and then he sang. Can he you did- say the same, though, for uh, DeLeo, for STP, though? Um, Wyland and DeLeo, Robert DeLeo. Well, here's the thing about STP is that, one, they're not really considered grunge. They're kind of that new grunge era. Um, but every single member, all four of them, uh, DeLeo, Kretz, and Wyland, they all wrote together. They didn't all write every single song, right? but they were all a part of everything. Like, uh, there's a great story about Wyland, and I think it was Dean DeLeo. I could be wrong, could be Robert DeLeo. I think it was Dean DeLeo. Wrote Plush in a Hot Tub after watching uh, the news about some story of some little girl who was either murdered or kidnapped. But it was really cool, the, the story of them writing that song in a hot tub and having it become an absolute hit. What's that, Megan? I couldn't hear you. I said the hot tub story's cool, but not the reason. Why is not the reason? Oh, because it was because about murder? Because there was murder. about a little girl that got freaking destroyed. Interesting. <laughs> so interesting. I want to dig deeper into the death, though, of uh, Kurt Cobain. You says Courtney, Megan says that Courtney Love has something to do with it. I mean, I Megan like doesn't know jack so. shit, though. That's the thing. Megan, like, probably saw something on Instagram and was like, oh, I totally believe Okay. It. I am not 
some floozy airhead, okay? So I've done I've done minimal research, but you've done research. What like what? You saw like a Netflix documentary? No, YouTube. <laughs> oh my god, get hey, out of here! Hey, hey, but the shotgun was facing in a way that wouldn't have been scientifically correct. And where'd for you him hear to this be from? Able where'd you hear this shoot from? The conspiracy theory on YouTube. Oh my God! Shut there's up! Evidence. There's evidence. Shut up! You can't. You can't watch one conspiracy theory on YouTube and be it like, "It wasn't one. I'm... I've seen a. F- I've seen a few. Oh my God! But hey, I might just. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> Neither of us do. I said never mind. Never mind. I think I'm the only, out of us three, I think I'm the only one that actually ever got really into Nirvana. Yeah, and I'm I, not, I, I wouldn't consider myself, I mean, I'm a fan of Nirvana, but no, I... No, you're not. Yes, I am. Mostly every song I put on by them, you're like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Declan, what? The song that is School. Not what about this? What about the song School? Or Scuff. Scuff. Give me back my alcohol. Give me back my alcohol. Okay. Come on, you didn't like that song? Really? That definitely no, sounded like time, Kurt had a lot no, of problems. I, didn't like that song. I, a, I am a fan of Nirvana, but that doesn't mean I know every single thing about them. Okay. No, I'm not saying you should know everything about them. So what? He went missing uh, like a week before they announced his death. Was the, is that the case? He was in a uh, rehab center, right? Because he was messed up. And yeah, but they found him in his house. Yeah, he was in his house. So it says here on March 31st, 1994, Cobain escaped uh, a rehabilitation center. That he checked into the day before. He checked himself into it and then escaped? Correct. And then within the week of his disappearance, Cobain was reported missing by his family and his wife, Courtney Love. They hired private investigator Tom Grant to find Cobain after the Seattle sightings. And then on April 8th, they found him dead with that uh, uh, aforementioned shotgun that Megan was alluding to. And then, of course, it was pointed towards him. A 20-gauge, not a 12-gauge, like they say in Napoleon Dynamite. Frickin' 12-gauge. What do you think? It was a 20-gauge. Um, and they found him April 8th, but they said that he died on April 5th. That's what they, that's what they concluded in their, in their findings. And uh, he didn't want the gun purchased in his name because he thought the police might seize it for his own protection. The police had taken away his guns twice in the previous 10 months. Um, and the medical examiner noted uh, puncture wounds on the inside of both the right and left elbows. The shotgun, the 20 gauge, was not checked for fingerprints until May 6, 1994. And according to the fingerprint analysis, four Latin prints were lifted, but they were not usable. Interesting. So they have fingerprints, but they weren't um, identified. So, so I'll speak as the devil's advocate here and say that, say, Courtney Love did kill her husband. Have someone kill him. Have someone kill Hired him. Someone. Whatever. Why, though? Was she jealous of his success? She's... She reaps all of his rewards, all of his royalties. They have the daughter, she? though. Yeah, and she gets all of his money, too. Crazier things have happened, Declan. Like? I, I, Coronavirus? That's crazier than Kirk Cobain. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there, have been, there have been wives uh, that have hired people to kill their husbands for their money. Yeah, that's nuts. That's some that's some like Adams family shit right there. Remember no, that Adams family would just like. Do you remember the Adams family with the like with the, with the chick Wednesday? I don't know what what was. Yeah, there was Wednesday. that chick from the Adams family who uh who married Uncle Fester. 
Put oh, a radio, no. put a radio in the bathtub while he was in there, and he was oh, totally poor fine. Yeah, oh, yeah, because that's the exact same thing. He's like, "What's up?" Uncle Fester's the man. Because that's the exact same thing. Um, Wednesday was the little girl though with the pigtails, and she like went to the summer camp and like tried to drown the other girl, and she played like a pillow. Yeah, the daughter. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, crazier things have happened, especially if he has like literally all those royalties. Like every time a Nirvana song plays, he gets paid. Well, I, funny story. I'm pretty sure all the Nirvana royalties ended up going to Dave Grohl, and he ended up um, sending them, them all of them to not to Courtney, to but his to daughter. their daughter. Yeah, yeah. which is smart weird. move by Dave Grohl. If if Dave Grohl didn't do that, he's already worth over 300 million dollars for Foo Fighters alone. Imagine that on top of everything oh, Nirvana. Like, he'd he's be, already he'd be one of the wealthiest be, men in the entire world. He's already one of the wealthiest men in music. He's amazing. Do you believe that... He, you think all those songs were written? Is that confirmed that all of his Foo Fighter songs were written before they even... Before that even happened? What? All Foo Fighter songs? No, all. absolutely. Probably some of his hit album. songs, some though? Some of them. Like, songs... Like, um, was the Foo Fighters happening regardless if Kurt Cobain died? I don't think so. Foo's, motherfucker! I don't think so. That's what uh, The Struts said to me a few weeks ago. Like, what, what was your favorite band that you ever opened up for? Uh, guns, Foo's... Uh, Green Day, and he's like, oh, I'm going to have to think about that for a second. And the lead singer goes, Foos, motherfucker. Foos, motherfucker. We saw them. We saw the struts open up for the Foos. I also saw them. The Innings the, Festival the three weeks ago. Did you enjoy the struts show? I thought the struts were great live, but I, because I, I texted you immediately saying, I'm a big struts guy now, and you're like, uh, not so fast. Not Slow so your fast, older, pal. man. Relax. And then I, and then I w- listen to some of their studio stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, these guys are played in, like, MLB 2K. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Forget about it. Forget about it. I just, like, I, I don't dislike the struts. I just think the lead singer wants to be Mick Jagger. It's not your sound either. Yeah. I guess He's not sound. Dave. It's a Dave thing. No, it's not like my it's only. It's not all about Dave. It's not like everything for me is Dave. I'm a, I'm a musician, okay? Like, I, I like, I. Very much understand music. Yes, I went through my Dave Matthews phase, but... You're still in that Dave Matthews no, phase. No, not at all, actually. No, Down by the bayou. And you listen to the You gotta studio, play with the king. You, you listen to the studio version of Bayou, which is off one of the worst Dave right, Matthews right. albums of you, all time. You, it's a great song. It, yeah, yeah, the studio... Live. Live, it's it is. Live just as good in the studio. No, it's not. It's so good, and you're you're arguing that... What if there were, what if there were like, hypothetically, what if there were no live Dave albums? I wouldn't be a Dave Matthews fan. Really? Yes. God, studio can you imagine sucks. that world? Not all of it. Not all of it, but I don't listen to live it. Live music is... That, that's why I didn't like Dave Matthews at first. I'm like, this stuff is awful. How does Declan get hypnotized by all this garbage? And then I saw him at the Innings Festival. And Dave Matthews Band that that played for you, the 2020 Dave Matthews Band, in my opinion, is in no way, shape, or form Dave Matthews Band at all. It's a completely different band that is kind of, sort of, in a little tiny way, doing a justice to what Dave Matthews Band actually was and stood for. They're not at all the original band. They stand for some pretty great things. I guess, but it's not the original band. If... If if the original Dave Matthews band was still around and Dave could still sing like he could back in the day, I'd literally I would I would be like a fish head and I would give up everything to go tour Dave Matthews band. Like that's I would literally do that. But Dave Matthews band today is not the actual Dave Matthews band. They're still insane though. Leroy is gone. Um, Boy Toucher, what's his fucking Boy Tinsley? He's gone too. Boy Tinsley. Yeah, but uh, they're in a cult. 
It's not a cult. Not a cult. It is a cult. We're fans of a band. I can't play the studio version of Louisiana by you without because being ridiculed. Because the Louisiana, Louisiana studio version is a disgrace to the actual art that is Louisiana by you. Like, if you if you genuinely listen to the live version and how they can all just like throw their sounds together. Why can't they do that in the studio though? You saying you it's, like oh huh, hear, me so hear me out, hear me hear me out here. Hear me out here. Jack, Jack. You saying that you really like the studio version the studio uh you like the studio version of Louisiana Bayou is like you saying I'm a huge WWE fan, but I only watch Saturday Morning Slam, and that's <laughs> it. That's the same thing. It's the same thing. Like, uh, what are you doing? There's a lot better stuff out there. Like, why are you? Why? Oh, pish posh, dude. Studio work. Studio work makes the band because that's the first thing that they put out. That's probably, and then there they, is probably Dave Matthews band. Better lies. Dave Matthews they band is known. How did they sell tickets if nobody liked their studio stuff first? So Dave Matthews band before they ever put out an actual. Here we record, go. Here we go. Seriously, <laughs> here we go. You're gonna make me have this conversation. I'm gonna have this conversation. So. Here's the thing. The most ways uh, bands work out is that they go to the studio or they go to the record label first. And the record label says, okay, we're going to put an album out and then we're going to set up your tours and then we're going to set up your merchandise. Dave Matthews Band, before they ever put out a record, was doing this themselves. Because back when they were touring in the early 90s, the huge thing that was going on was taping by fans. So fans were taping their shows and that's how their stuff was getting around. So they were known for their live stuff. They didn't put out uh, an album until 1993, which was um, Remember Two Things. And that was a live album for the most part. There was a couple studio stuff, for the, but for the most part, it was um, live. So everything that their fans had listened to was live, whether it was live in person at a show or it was, it was a live recording of a show. So they got popular because of touring. They never declined a show. They would do three gigs in one day all being two and a half hours long. So they were known as a live band before they were known as a studio band. So that's why, till this day, their live stuff is appreciated more than their studio stuff. Not going to lie, Declan, you make a lot of great points. <laughs> I know. He I makes know. a lot of great points. I can't argue that. Every live, every, okay, every version of the same, say, say Bayou, every, every live version of the same song is different, and that's sick. Because every time they play it, they put a different twist on it, and they just go that's off, like, and it's awesome. Sometimes I want to listen not, to... Not just Dave, any live music. I think that's... I just love live Like, music. no, no awesome. live version of a song is exactly the same. It's, it's like not. It's like a snowflake. It's awesome! If you listen to a studio... <laughs> Alright, shut the fuck up, man. No, hey. snowflake is exactly the same! Alright, Jesus, you ruined it. But, uh... But oh, my point okay, being okay. is that... The studio version of Bayou and that entire 2005 record, Stand Up by Dave Matthews Band, they were experimenting with a new producer, and it was very, very hip-hop influenced, which is just not the band. That's why when you throw on the studio version of Bayou, it's just, I, like, I don't, I don't click with it because I think it's, like, way too overproduced, and it doesn't actually sound like the band that I fell in love with. Like Concrete and Gold. Like Concrete and Gold by the Foo Fighters. The exact same thing. They were experimenting with a new producer, and I'm not flacking either producers. They're both great at what they do, but Just making rock alternative music is not their thing. So that's why I'm saying the studio version of Louisiana Bayou is not at all the same thing as the live version. I still like it. 
I know, and I'll be completely honest with you. There was a time where me and Sean, you mentioned Sean Jenkins before, where I was trying to convince him to listen to the studio version of Bayou 2 because I was bumped into it. I'm like, this is kind of a bump. But to me, it was a completely different vibe than the Bayou I was used to. That's why I liked it. I don't think, like, to me, the, the studio version of Bayou, any Dave studio version song compared to its live version, it's a completely different vibe. Like, sometimes I listen to the studio stuff because I'm feeling that studio vibe, but for the most part, I'm, I, I want to listen to live music because live music, it's all one take. It's all the band together coming together and making that one noise, and that in itself the is more, is is more special than, mm-hmm. than the studio version. That's why I prefer live music over studio music, no matter what it is, whether it's Guns N' Roses, Dave Matthews Band, anything, Foo Fighters... Watching the Foos live. Foos live is a spectacle. Oh, I'll it's admit a that, spectacle. Yeah. Oh my god! No one knows well, Dave, how to nobody, entertain a crowd Dave, better Dave than Grohl, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl is just like the best well-rounded human being, I believe. When it comes to playing music, not even being a performer, music. dealing with the media as, as an interview, like as a host, like he hosted like the David Letterman show once mm-hmm. for Halloween, dressed, as, dressed David as David Letterman, may I add, and was just phenomenal. Like he's just a great all-around guy. I think he's he's a very humble person. Like mm-hmm. I think he realizes that he's very lucky because without Nirvana, without him being the like, Protégé. without him being the drummer of a band and not the not, um, the front man, without Nirvana, there is no Foo Fighters, and I think he absolutely he that. understands that, and he couldn't be more grateful. Um, there's a period between 1994 and 1995, a one-year period. Um, before the first Foos record came out, where Dave Grohl couldn't even listen to music. He couldn't even listen to the radio. He didn't listen to any records. He didn't listen to anything. He didn't play music, nothing, because everything reminded him of the passing of his friend Kurt Cobain. And then he he was like, you know what? The only thing that's going to pull me out of this is making music. And he rented a cheap studio in, in Seattle, and he put all these demos together that a lot of them Kurt Cobain turned down um, for Nirvana songs. And he put together the first Foo Fighters record. He played drums, bass, and guitar on every single song. Like, think about that. Like, you have to be such... He couldn't even listen to music. He couldn't listen to music, let alone play it. And he, and he went into a studio by himself and played every instrument on every song, and put out a record, and started an entirely new career for himself. Now, when did Taylor Hawkins join the fray? Taylor Hawkins was a part of a band called, or was a part of uh, Alanis Morissette and her mm-hmm. band. Um, and it wasn't until, it wasn't until uh, the tour of their second album, The Color and the Shape, where Taylor Hawkins joined the band. They had uh, another drummer named Will Goldsmith, who was on the tour for their first album. Obviously, the studio album was just Dave Grohl, but the the tour. Well, didn't he didn't he play the studio and then Dave went back and deleted all the drums and redid them because he didn't like how Will did it? Yeah, so this is and that's why he kind of left the band or whatever, or he was asked. So to this is why band. Taylor Hawkins ended up joining Foo Fighters is because I love Will Will Goldsmith. Um, he toured with Foo Fighters through 1995, 1996, 1997. They went back into the studio to record the color and the shape. Um, and Dave just didn't quite like the way he was playing the drums on all these songs. He could hear it in his head, and then the way Will played it was not what 
he wanted here, to be. And this is bad. This is bad. Like, Dave Grohl's a great guy, but this, that, is this a, was pretty. This was a shitty move. Yeah. They had the producer take uh, Will Goldsmith out to lunch. And while he did that, Dave Grohl re recorded every single drum track on every single song. <laughs> Over Will's playing. Over Will's playing. Um, and therefore, Will freaked out and quit the band, as as I would too. I'd be like, Dave, fuck like, what you. The you're hell? Yeah. But yeah, but it, it was then when, um, and I think t- uh, Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins had been in communications before this, but it wasn't until this actually happened where Will Goldsmith left the band that he said, hey, I want it. I, uh, Dave said to Taylor, hey, I want you to join the band. And that's how that finally happened. Yeah, the whole the whole band's a really cool story. The story of uh, Pat Smear, not Pat Smear, well, he, but he left and came back, didn't he? Pat Smear left and came back because Dave, Dave, and his wife or something. I, whatever happened, the greatest between, guy in the world. <laughs> whatever happened between Dave Phenomenal. and his Great first guy. wife, uh, uh, Pat Smear took his uh, her, side, her side and left the band. But um, Chris Shiflett. Of the oh, Foo Fighters. Great guy. Love Chris Schiffler. In 1995, he actually had an audition for Guns N' Roses. His manager set up an audition for Guns N' Roses, or for Axl Rose's new band, Post Guns N' Roses or whatever. And and uh, Chris Shiflett turned that down. Could you imagine that? Jack, if you were a guitarist and you were really good, and your manager set you up with Guns N' Roses, would you take that gig? Uh, all right. All right, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Chris Shiflett said, no, I want something All else. Right. And then the Foo Fighters said, I want, I, wanna, I want you to try out for us. And Chris Shiflett was like, you know, it's a new band. They're taking off. I'm going to take it. And they clicked instantly. And now Chris Shiflett is who he is because of Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. It's amazing. This is why they're Nate? my favorite band. Well, Nate Will Golds- and Will Goldsmith were a part yeah, of a band. Yeah. They were a part of another uh, grunge band oh, out of wow. Seattle. And I'm blanking on the name of them. I wish I knew the name of the band. But uh, Dave got to know them, and that's how he ended up recruiting Nate Mandel and uh, Will Goldsmith into the Foo Fighters. They were part of another band that didn't really take off, but they were big in the Seattle scene. Um, but yeah, they ended up touring with Dave in 1995, who our father saw, actually. I, I wish he was out here to tell us his story, but he was... He was about as close as Jack, you and I are from each other right now to Dave Grohl after seeing Dave for the first time in Virginia. And, oh, yeah, um, didn't he like say hey and Dave? Well, he, well he said hey because he was like Dave comes outside and he was like hey come inside come party with us and my dad was like really me and he was like no the girl's behind you. But that really happened. Yeah, that really happened. That's we're gonna have to do a podcast like tomorrow, next week, and talk about that. So funny. And then there's Rami Jaffe. Rami Jaffe. He didn't come in until late. Yeah, but it, hasn't he been there way longer than we thought? Well, he didn't start toying with them until about 2014, I think, because he wasn't a big influence on the band until their Sonic Highways album. Okay. But he's been playing keys with them since um, Echo Silence, Patience, and Grace in 2007. Yeah. I haven't even listened to the Foos in a long time, and I still so I know I, so I much about the Foos. On, I think okay, on here's a question that I wanted to ask you, Declan, as he leaves to go get another drink. I have an interesting question for you, too, as well. Okay, ask it, Megan. Maybe we can... Uh... Well, I was going to ask Declan, too, because I've heard him say... I've, all, I've heard a lot of people say this, actually, is that they're not big fans of, of female artists, female musical artists. I and think Dorothy's great. 
Oh my God. Dor- Dorothy crazy. opened for Greta Van Fleet in Tempe, Arizona yeah. last year when I went to the show. And I didn't realize it until halfway through. I'm like, I think this is Dorothy. And then they started playing down, uh, was it down to the bottom? I think so. I Fearless is. Take me down, 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 and the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that is, that's their hit song. I'm she, like, this is Dorothy. Voice, I mean, her voice is unbelievable. She is just such a power in her voice. So what do you mean by girl bands? Like, I, I just mean I've heard a lot of people say like they, they prefer listening to male voices. But I mean, I that's because say, male voices dominate, they dominate the, yeah, sure. uh, the music, but, at least the rock but that's music not to, world. That's not to, well, yeah, but that's not to put down female artists. Like there are some insanely talented women out there. Like but off I the was, top of my head in the rock world, I was going to ask though. who... Like, if you ha- were a, a big fan of any like, Hailstorm. women artists. Hailstorm. I love Hailstorm. Hailstorm. Unbelievable. Uh, Lizzie, what's her face? Like, she's, she's mm-hmm. just phenomenal. Her voice, too. Yeah. Hailstorm's been out for almost a decade now, at least mainstream. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a ton of people. Like, even Chris Jericho said on his podcast, he's the lead singer of Fozzie, also a very famous professional wrestler. It's probably, probably some people, at least if you're a rock fan music, have heard, ever heard of Fozzie. Uh, said that he would gladly open for Hailstorm, or at least do like a collaboration with Hailstorm. Like mm. that's how much uh, they respect those guys. Yeah, um, uh, Eric J. Hale. That that that's her. Um, or Lizzie Hale. Lizzie Hale. That's what Lizzie Hale. Eric J. Hale is the lead guitarist. Lizzie Hale, of course. Like there's one song like Miss Hyde, where she says like at the end of it, there's like everything stops before the final chorus part, and she's like, "It's me, Lizzie. I swear." It's like that, like that, that part. It's like okay, that's her real name, Lizzie Hale. That's pretty for cool. Hailstorm. Hailstorm. That's that's pretty cool. That's like being O'Hara Storm. <laughs> just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. But but hail hail also like, like the weather, like a hailstorm. Well, I understand. But I still, get it. but it's it still works. dope. It's still dope. It works my, better than my, O'Hara Storm. I brought up Declan how you you and a lot of other people have said you're not a huge fan of female vocalists. But I was curious if you had any in mind that you, like, really appreciated. Oh, okay. So, today, Jack and I were at the liquor store. I'm of age. Don't worry about it. Oh, Jesus. And, um... And Lizzo is blasting. Oh, my bitch. I love Lizzo. And She's awesome. I literally, I couldn't, awesome. Even, I couldn't even help it myself. Like, I was literally bumping my head up and yeah. down. She's like, mm-hmm, check my nails, or whatever the Baby, song is. Baby, how you feeling? Feeling good as hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slide into my DMs, whatever. I think Lizzo's awesome. Uh, Hailstorm's oh. another one that I think is great. And and when I say I don't like women vocalists, that's not something sexist. It's no, just, no, no. I didn't. I that's what I said. I said not. This isn't putting down female it's just artists. My I'm mus- just curious. It's, like it's my musical. It's a different preference. sound. Yeah. I was just. I was curious if there were any. Also, shout out to uh, Lizzo's Tiny Desk concert. Fabulous. It was Everyone really good. Go Megan forced me to listen to the whole thing, but I didn't regret it. It was good. <clears throat> Jack, what was your question you had for me before I ran inside real quick? Oh, I had a riveting question. Oh. So, actually, I have two questions now that you bring up Lizzo. Because I love Lizzo. Hey! Really? I like two songs. Um, yeah, oh. What is your guilt, both of you, what is your guilty uh, pleasure song? One oh. song? Oh, God. Oh, I know, I, I have know. a ton. I, but see, like, I don't know oh, if I, I Yeah, that's what one. I mean, I have so many. I don't know if I have a guilty pleasure song, because, like, as a musician, I appreciate... As a musician. Okay, I know I sound like an asshole when <laughs> no, I say that. No, you don't, you don't. But I'm, I'm just, just saying, for a, a lover of music, let me call myself that instead of a musician. <laughs> I don't really... You are a musician. I don't, like, 
I don't know. I don't look down upon any sort of music. Mm-hmm. I like amongst my peers, I I'm known for not liking rap. So I guess you could say my guilty p- pleasure is Kendrick Lamar because I absolutely love him. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because a teacher actually had a conversation with me. He's like, "Hey, I watched this podcast uh, with Kendrick Lamar and uh, this producer," and he was like, "Hey, Kendrick." I don't know if you know this, but, like, I think you're super jazz influence. And Kendrick was like, damn, I didn't know that. And then when I was listening to my teacher talk to me about this, I was like, huh, that's interesting because I never knew I was into jazz until I saw Dave Matthews Band at the Garden with my dad. And I went to that show knowing no music. And it wasn't that I fell in love with Dave Matthews Band. I fell in love with jazz. And I didn't know that's what I fell in love with at the time. And then I listened to Kendrick Lamar's music. And it's super, super jazz influenced. And I fell in love with that, too. So, yeah, I guess you could either call uh, um, Kendrick Lamar my guilty pleasure, or you could just simply say jazz is my guilty pleasure. Hmm. I'll take either or. (laughs) Either or. Or either or. Um, I don't know if I have a specific... Just one. I, I listened... So, I have a... Five to six hour drive home from New Hampshire when I when I drove back from school, I listened to One Direction the entire time. I was going to be one of my guilty pleasure songs. My, screamed my heart out, but to That's me, a couple listen, one D songs listen, that I fucking yes, dig. To me, that is not a guilty pre- pleasure because I am a proud One D fan. I am proud. One, one way. As grandma used to no, say, no, no, no. I think their say logo no went, went one way. Grandma oh, no would U-turn? say no U-turn. No U-turn was the name <laughs> no of the band? U-turn? Yep, grandma. Right there. Yes, right grandma. That's the name of the band. Also, I guess, I guess a guilty, not a guilty pleasure, but something I don't usually listen to that I do appreciate is country music. I don't listen to it normally. Yeah, that's not necessarily like, like guilty pleasure would be like something that like you'd be embarrassed, like embarrassed to listen to. I know. I don't, I mean. No, like I'm moving out to Nashville next year. So one thing I've been doing a lot ever since I got back, because I knew Nashville is all country or whatever, but like when I tell you downtown Nashville is all country, yeah. holy shit! And not all of it's bad music. I just don't like the stadium country, like pop country, where every song has the same lyrics and sounds the same. But there's a lot of great country out there, and our cousin Shannon actually introduced me to a lot of good country artists that I've been listening to recently, just to try and get that feel. And I've been mm. trying to play songs in that style and. You know, and it's not definitely not a guilty pleasure, but it's something I haven't listened to a lot. Like my number one country guy is Darius Rucker, and he oh. always has been. Does yeah. he count as country I mean, though? Amazing. He counts as country. Obviously, Hootie and the Blowfish is not country, but, but Darius, Darius his Rucker, own stuff is country one hundred percent. From South Carolina, from, uh, as a solo artist, absolutely. And I'd go see him again. Uh, if Lady Antebellum was playing star. after him, I'd walk out. But like, I'd go. Can see we talk him. about that? How Darius Rucker, the Darius Rucker, the goat, opened up for Lady Antebellum think, at PNC I Center. Think, I think it was just like a show. Like I it think, was a multiple band show. So no, they were going on tour together. But I think the way they were doing it is they were switching off headlines. Oh, that's so, kind of cool. So Darius Rucker was doing like an hour opening, and then Lady Antebellum would do a full set. Uh, concert, and then the next night they would switch. Lady Antebellum would do an hour opening, and Darius Rucker and his band would do. Like, because we saw Darius Rucker in the same venue, PNC uh, Arts, PNC Bank Arts Center. We saw him there twice within two different years. I think it was 2015, 2017. Um, And the first year we saw him, he was the headliner, and he was awesome. He was incredible. And he was the second year, too, but I was so shocked that he didn't open the second time, because I thought he absolutely would. Lady Antebellum was um, the uh, headliner that time. 
unfortunately. I've never seen a headliner get so just... They didn't have any crowd. <laughs> everybody left after Darius. Not everybody, but a lot of people did leave. I'm just mad leave. we had to sit through Russell Dickerson. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't get that one stuck Russell Dickerson. <laughs> when I say pop country and shit, like, and this guy was doing... A this guy was doing the whip and nay on stage. He was doing floss or whatever. Like, he literally looked like an eighth grader. On like that got a microphone and was performing. It was it was not Russell great. is a dicker son, okay? Okay, like, I have a guilty pleasure. Ooh. My guilty pleasure that I'm still kind of proud of because it's pretty good is Redemption by Taylor Swift. Her oh redemption God. album. I know. Old Taylor Swift, I, I am proud of. Megan, do you but remember we had a sleepover? Redemption, one day. her new one, her Wait, her second, Jack's her second got a newest story. one. Jack's got so good, so bad. Jack's got something to say. So Jack's got something to say. Jack, we had a sleepover. I, I'm 100 percent sure that you were there. It was me, you, Mike Bola, Tommy Darling. I think we, I was we, yeah, there we played. Too. We played the. Love we set. played. We played. We are never getting back together oh, on a loop for the I entire sleepover. When we were in like se- I was in like seventh grade. Yep. You were you were in sixth That's grade. We were young kids. Was we played We Are Never Getting Back Together by Taylor Swift. The day it came out no, on a loop for twenty four hours. Oh, it was so much fun. Great song. That song didn't get old until the next day. Then it got very old. <laughs> but that was a great song at the time. At the time it was a great song. No, but Redemption by Taylor Swift. Oh my God, Redemption, the live tour is on Netflix. She has like a concert movie on Netflix of Don't Redemption. Watch I it. cry every time because it's just so. Oh, bad. I know. I was there. Oh, oh, I, yeah. I was there. Yeah, yeah. Laughing at you. Yep. Yeah, it's my guilty pleasure. You I and guess. Claire were watching that, and I walked in. I Claire like, and I what? went. Oh yeah. Oh, we yeah? went, and then we watched it. You know, on you you actually went and saw Taylor Swift one time with I think it was with uh, Ellie, mm-hmm. and it was Just, no, and Justin Bieber opened. No, 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 no. It was a Keith Urban concert, and Taylor Swift opened, but Keith Urban's flight got delayed, so he was late. So Taylor Swift just got to play longer. We were only like. Six and nine, or like uh, six and eight, five and eight. I don't know. We were really little, and we were we went to the concert for Taylor Swift, but she wasn't touring herself yet. So mom and Aunt Lori bought Keith Urban tickets, and it was just our luck that Taylor Swift got to play longer because Keith wow. Urban got stuck. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I like Keith Urban. Keith Urban's you know, good too. I like him. I, a I played even... a Keith Urban song in the in the car today. Me and Declan were both singing along to it. That was Keith Urban? Which Keith song? Urban. That's horrible. All that wasted time. Oh, that was Keith Urban? Yeah. Dude. That was Keith, baby. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, that's not country. What is that? No, I know. I didn't, I didn't, when I was listening to that, I was thinking hip-hop pop the entire time. I didn't once think country. No, old that was Keith, Keith Urban, Urban is good. Like, um... No, Keith Urban's a great musician. Oh, Absolutely. His, his one album is Don't so good. Don't get me wrong. Some, the song that's like Kiss the Girl or Kiss Her or something, that's a good song. There's another song I'm thinking of, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, Taylor Swift, though, Redemption. Redemption. That's my guilty pleasure. You guys had very elaborate ways of thinking of your um, guilty pleasure songs. I mean, I was with you with One Direction. Oh, but one, I'm proud of that. One Direction, like, uh, what's the one song with the giant piano riff at the beginning? It's a good song, but the, the one I was thinking of is like, it's a, it's about a girl. I think they're all about girls. I mean, yeah, Jack. I mean, um, <laughs> it's a boy band. Jeez. Yeah. Um, it's giant piano riff. It's very good. It's like... Oh, oh, 
Everybody wanna steal That's my the girl. one. Steal my girl. Great song. We used to jam to that song in the baseball locker room in high school. In the locker room? Yes. That's amazing. Wait, what? Baseball locker room, high school, Morris yeah, Catholic High School. Girl. Steal song. my girl. One direction. The whole baseball team. The, ball, was that? the whole mm-hmm. baseball team. That's why. You Another one that came to the top of my head was California Girls. Katy Perry. Oh, cat. Yo, that was a. And Snoop Dogg. That was a sick music video. Where the grass is really greener. All right, this is my Congrats last on question. The pregnancy, Katie. This is ooh. If you're listening. <laughs> I don't think she is. Last question. If you had to name a Mount Rushmore for like our house for music when it came to artists, like our whole lead family? singer, what would be the Mount Rushmore of people that like have inspired this family? And especially Declan, I guess, as a musician, because he's a musician. I would say bands or, or specific no, no, artists. Specific artists. Yeah. All right. Four all people. Right. I can okay, name this I right now. For. Well, are we naming four people for Mount Rushmore, or Correct. are we naming five people for everyone in our family? Uh, let's do both. Let's do let's do uh, right, the so Mount Rushmore first. Let's let's come to a it'll be like a sleepover conversation. No, no, no. We can't say Dave Matthews. That's really only me. Yeah, but you, I mean, you've that's I mean that's I mean that's it's really like taking over our house. It, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's become, a cult. I know, and I even even you, a person who's never even listened to him, is now listening to. We listen to him on our own. He was an absolute jerk to me too. Oh, by the way, please, whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> We've already talked about that. All right, all right. All right. I can say um, Dave Grohl. I would Dave say. Dave Grohl has to be up there. Scott and Avit. Scott. And I was gonna say the Avit brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Avit brothers. Scott, what's What's the other one's name? Seth. Scott and Seth. Sorry, Seth. Scott and Would Seth. Would that count as two or was that count as one? That counts as one because they're the Avid brothers. It just does. So Dave Grohl and the Avid brothers. And then mom would be like, need to, oh, sorry, need to breathe, Cat Stevens, Empire, and, <laughs> and, uh. So I guess I would have to pick the four front men of my four favorite bands. I don't even know Dave, who that is. Dave, Dave. So it would be Dave Matthews, Dave Grohl, Scott Weiland. And as embarrassing as this is, probably Billy Joe Armstrong. That's How is that embarrassing? embarrassing? Because Green Day, no, Green Day was legendary. I mean, they kind legendary. of went off the rails. No, Green yeah. Day oh, was their legendary. new album, forget about it. Their new <laughs> album is trash. <laughs> and another conspiracy theory, I think they know it's trash, and they did this on purpose. As like an F.U. to the music as industry? As an F.U. to the music industry, because they've never yeah. won. Like, remember when uh, Billy Joe Armstrong freaked out 2012 iHeartRadio Awards? He goes, yep. He goes, one fucking minute. I have one fucking minute. I'm not Justin fucking Bieber. I've been around since 1980. That right there. He was talking about like the mainstream music. Oh, I'm not, yeah, I'm, not the, I'm not the mainstream pop piece of shit. They just came out with an album and like a hit single called Oh Yeah, where they literally go, Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think they know it's garbage. They went on every talk show, like every famous talk show in America, and they basically purposely botched their interview. Like Mike Dernick, who's a legendary bass guitarist, in my opinion, went on stage each night with a drawn-on mustache. Like, I feel like they botched all this Oh, I on feel purpose. like they're kind of just tired, and they're like... Yeah, they're tired. They're just like, you. fuck this, yeah. man. Like, we're done proving ourselves to you guys. We're done. I think that's exactly what this album is. So that's why I still don't hate Green Day, but I... I um, no, because they've put out such 
I know. And before they put out this new album, I, I was getting rumors. I was hearing about rumors that they were going on a Dookie and Insomniac tour. Yeah, I heard that. As a trio. Like so without, without uh, whatever their names are, White and Freeze and... So, you know. Yeah, they were going to go out as a trio, which would have been amazing. Which would have been amazing. You know who else we haven't appreciated yet? The Eagles. Of course, the because Eagles. they are in my <laughs> they are in my greatest they're in my top five. I I I think about my top five a lot actually. You know what? Fuck the Eagles. I'm gonna start a band called the Hawks, and we're gonna be so good. They have to be. They have to be so good. They have to be singular musicians, though. John Henry, unfaithful. Well, Dave Matthews is not a singular musician, in my opinion. Dave I'm saying a singular person. Oh, for, Dave, for Matthews, Dave Matthews isn't Dave Matthews without... Dave without At uh, least without Dave. Tim or Carter. No, he's not Dave Matthews without fucking Carter, Stefan, Leroy, Boyd. Jeff. <laughs> Butch. I love Jeff. Jeff came afterwards. I know, but still. <laughs> <laughs> he's got Corona. Bless you, bless you. Thank you. Okay, okay. What are we trying to answer right now? <laughs> For each of us, what's our okay? Re- so dads, dads was Robert Plant, Gregory Allen Isakov, Darius Rucker, and uh, Neil Pert, right? Yeah. Moms was Cat Stevens, Need Cat to Breathe. Again. Um, the Ava Brothers. The Ava Brothers. I know, but what she usually puts on. What oh. do you mean? She goes to Alexa. Hey, Alexa, can you play happy music? <laughs> <laughs> so sweet, though. She just wants sound. Uh, playing happy, happy um, music from... My Mount Rushmore. Playing happy by uh, Farrell, or Pharrell. <laughs> my Mount Rushmore. That's so tough because I, I feel like genres are very just... I, I feel like I listen to a lot of different genres, and it's hard to pick... Four out of all of them, you know, because there's Sam Cooke to Lizzo Ugh. to the Eagles to Taylor Swift to the Dave Matthews Band to so John Mayer. To John Rushmore? Mayer, another why can't, one. Why can't John it be Mayer. Mount Music and there's like eight different? <laughs> no, Mount Rushmore is the game, and you will play. John Mayer is. On my Mount Rushmore, no, we've got... Not. Dude, that's so nice. Johnny on, Music, baby. Out of all the people you listen to, John Mayer... Like, I never, like, walk into your room and you're playing John Mayer. You're, like, listening to, like, the Lumineers and shit. I never listen to the Lumineers. But, like, that type of music, like, pop folk music. Depending on the mood, yeah. I mean, I have that on. When, like, like you listen to John Mayer today. And you're, like, listening oh, to Waiting on, on the Day. Declan, and you're, like, Mom, this is my favorite lyric. Declan, listen. you haven't been with me for the past... However many months while I'm at school. But I still know the shit you listen to. Okay, but you also <laughs> okay, don't there. hear... Okay, but you also don't hear the the music... Like, when I do listen to John Mayer or Dave Matthews or whatever, because that's the most of the music I listen to. Okay, all right, I'm sorry. Sometimes I throw on my, my folk hug. stuff or whatever. Hug. I'm sorry. Give me a hug. Oh my God. It's okay. I'm sorry. I f- I, right. I'm, I'm not like a... Like, I, I, I think I'm musically like i'm proud of the music i listen to and the knowledge i have of the music oh dude you're super musically t- i'm super proud of the music jack listens to like in my opinion jack you can tell me i'm wrong but like you end up listening to the style of music that i've i listen to like 
a year and a half ago. <laughs> you like come He's along just, late. I'm following in his Kaylee footsteps. You come mind. along late, but you listen to all the same stuff. Like you're just coming on to Dave Matthews now, but like all your shit right now is like the hard rock stuff. Granted, it's not like you only listen to the stuff that I used to listen to. I never got super into Slash's solo stuff, and you did. And I listened to that stuff because of you. So, like, that's... I... Okay, I'm... The other night, I played a few different bands, and Jack even said, wow, Megan just showed us two great bands. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, absolutely. We need to get more firewood, because we need to have more of these uh, bonfire podcasts. We gotta have Dad on next time. To discuss the Mount Rushmore of our entire family. Yeah, absolutely. That would be uh, he would definitely so, have an opinion on so that. So, do you guys, neither of you have a Mount Rushmore? No, did I, did I not say that? I had Dave Matthews, Dave Roll, Scott Weiland, and... Billy Joe Armstrong. Billy, Billy Joe, Joe Armstrong. Armstrong. Megan? Yeah, that was mine. You go, I gotta think. Slash? I, I don't know if this counts as two... But Miles Kennedy is definitely on mine. My, I like Miles Kennedy. Well, do you listen to a lot of Alter Bridge, or do you? I do listen to a, a, a ton of Alter Bridge and a ton of Slash, a, a Velvet Revolver, Guns N' Roses. Have you heard um, Miles Kennedy's solo version of "Watch Over You" from Billboard 100? Yes, I have that downloaded on my phone illegally. Uh, <laughs> I hope no one heard that. But, uh, <laughs> I hope no one heard that. What? Uh, but I love it. I love it so much. Miles Kennedy, I think, is a tremendous, tremendous vocalist. I just think he has a really cool story. I think he's, he's the new voice teacher. of rock and roll today. Oh, yeah. After, since uh, Kurt uh, Cornell's passing, I think I think uh, Scott Warner... Or, uh, How's Cornell's name not been brought up yet? Uh, I'd probably go Slash, Miles Kennedy, Scott Weiland. <sighs> Those are three rock guys. Chris know, Jericho. No, not. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I, dude, Johnny I love, Depp. I love Chris Jericho with all my heart. Release the hounds. I love Chris Jericho with all my heart. But when we're talking about music, he's definitely on no one's route Mount Rushmore. But I love the guy. But um, I don't know, Jack. Every time I listen to Need to Breathe, it just reminds me of you. Bear like, Reinhardt. Like He's got a great name. Like the song. His name's Bear. His name is Bear, and his brother's name keep is. Keep your Bear. eyes like keep your eyes open. Like it Cause just cause it reminds me of nothing but you. Like it, it just that song is you in every sense of the word. Need to breathe isn't a singular person. Though. I know absolutely. Probably That's Darius. Hard. I'm a big hootie and big Darius guy. So maybe Darius. Okay. Darius Scott Miles and Slash. Nice. Next time we gotta have Dad on to discuss our families, because that's gonna be riveting audio. By the way, our next door neighbor told us we could use firewood, so fuck you, Megan, for saying that he we did? couldn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. you know what? I hate. We just sat inside and watched him and his son work hard and cut firewood all day, and we're just gonna get off the couch and be like, "Hey, can we borrow some?" They firewood? were cutting wood that's legally in our yard. I watched oh, them. Police. Dude, I watched them. Who says them. that's legally our yard? Who says? I'm pretty sure it's I our yard. I don't know because it's their yard. If so I'm standing <laughs> in my backyard and I'm looking in a straight line, that means it's okay. in my yard. If they're standing in their backyard and they're looking in a straight line, it's their backyard. <laughs> Good point. It's nobody's backyard. Okay, okay. My, if anybody cares, my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Jesus, Declan. <laughs> my water tastes good. How does your uh, your drink taste, Declan? Doesn't matter how it tastes. 
Yeah, true. Okay, my Mount Rushmore. I don't know. I can't think of four. Come on, just say the three then you have. Enya. I have two. Enya. Enya. Taylor Enya. Swift. Katy Perry. Moms. That would be on my. Katy Perry. What the hell? Enya reminds me of Nora Jones. Ever. Who's to say that I love you? <laughs> okay. Happy music. My my. Oh, okay. Sam Cooke is on my Mount Rushmore. Really? I adore Sam Cooke's music. I adore his music. I think I think it's a staple for just classic like heart of music. I don't know. I love Sam Cooke. Dave Grohl, obviously. That's halfway you're halfway there. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think. I did say John Mayer, who I just think is unbelievable. But, I, like, you know, this is tough, you know? I I am a huge Harry Styles fan, and I think he's... <laughs> I think he's extremely talented. <laughs> you guys see him as, like, a weirdo, shitty no. artist, whatever. No, I don't like, see him as a weirdo. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save this. I'm going to save this insanely questionable, controversial, and quite riveting hot take for the next episode that we do. But I think Harry Styles is well on his way to something, and I'll I'll, I'll hear no, all of your I'll, I'll hear all of your takes on. I I have a very hot take on. I, I, I just booed him incredibly, but like absolutely, Harry Styles is on his way to something. The fact that he's headlining the Garden this summer, or was supposed to. Oh, I know, Meg. I, I want to see him. No, absolutely. Like I saw his cover of Sledgehammer on the Howard Stern show, and I was. Damn impressed, let me tell you. And it's not like he's he doesn't have a good voice. Man. He obviously does. His music in particular and his lyrics, I think is, except for that one song that he wrote about his fish, I think is awesome. Adore You? Adore You. You like that song? Because yeah, it's about I a fish. Would, I feel like you'd appreciate To Be So Lonely. N- yeah, whatever. Okay. Okay. Well, my Mount Rushmore is not solid yet. I have to think on it. I can't think on it. We'll wait till Deke Simmons' show, Number Dose, for that one. Number Dose. This is episode 178, presented by... Belly Up Sports. Be sure to follow Belly Up Sports on the Twitter at, you guessed it, Belly Up Sports. And this episode of the Osho is sponsored by TickPick. You can use the promo code OSHO10, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-10, for $10 off your next order using TickPick.com. And if you're into banging weights, eating steaks, and sleeping eights, head on over to MeccaNutritionStore.com by using the promo code OSHO20, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-20, for $20 off your next order using Mecca Nutrition. Remember, swole is the goal, size is the prize. Declan, you want to sign us off? I just like to applaud you. Dude, I can't believe you (laughs) just did. This kid didn't even do that with any notes. But signing off, this is the Osho Podcast. We love all of you. Peace out. Are you you don't even know my sign off?
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.